We're going to be uh, in First Thessalonians uh, this morning uh, in the fifth chapter. Uh, uh, we're going to be uh, preaching on a little bit about the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church Thessalonica uh, and how important it is not only to that church but to this church and, and any other church that you walk into that, that uses the gospel uh, to worship our Heavenly Father. Uh, and there's so many things that, that was been written down about the, our scriptures and, and those saints that went before us, uh, the prophets that, that Brother Ray was talking about this morning. Uh, there's so many that has went ahead before us uh, uh, that we don't realize exactly what impact it makes on God's people. Uh, so this letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church of Thessalonica can, can apply to us here today. And, and if you'll take that scripture uh, that's holy to each and every one of us, if you'll Take that and apply it to our own hearts. You're going to get a little bit more meaning out of it than you would otherwise. So if you would, stand in reading of reverence of God's word if you are able. If not, God knows that. You don't have to tell him anything. He knows your heart. He knows your, uh, your situation. So don't feel bad if you can't stand up this morning. But we're going to be in the fifth chapter. And we're going to read the first 11 verses, and we're going to see just what God's got in store here this morning. Tony said, we've already had a blessing. I pray he can carry that on out here this morning. Amen? Uh, so in the first verse of the fifth chapter of the uh, uh, First Thessalonians, it reads as follows. It says, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety... Then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Be ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as, as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of this day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but obtained salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Father, thank you for this reading that you've given us. I pray, Father, we can take your holy scriptures and, and Lord, just give you the praise, honor, and glory you so richly deserve. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. The times and seasons here this morning, church, there is no need for me to stand up here time after time and to tell you that uh, our time's coming one of these days. Uh, there is no doubt in my mind that we all here this morning uh, have an appointment to die. We're not going to get out of this world without it. Uh, we don't know when that day is going to be. Uh, if you've been sick, you've got sort of some idea of how it's going to fall down. But, but if, you, if you're pretty healthy and, and, and you're going on with your life and something bad happens, uh, we don't know what, what, the, what, the, what the day is or when it's going to be. Uh, Kathy was talking to me this morning coming to, coming to uh, church this morning. Uh, we don't carry full coverage on the Cadillac. And, 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 and because we travel so far and because this being the time of year when we have a lot of deer running across the road that if we was to hit one of them, it could be pretty bad on, on the old pocketbook if you have. And, and I'll tell you, old Howard Hughes, he's not kidding to me. So uh, being able to suffer that cost would be 
pretty, pretty bad. So we're in the season of that going on. So uh, with that being said, she said, we, we might want to think about getting collision because if we something does bad happen, then we are. Uh, and, and I just don't see Kathy riding a horse everywhere she goes. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we all go through certain parts of seasons in our life. But this morning, church, I want to talk to you about three things. And this is the title of my message this morning, Brother Chris. You already got that, so I'm not going to surprise you. But it's the three ingredients to Christ. The three things that his children need to have to get a little bit closer to him. And sometimes maybe not a little bit closer, but to even get to him. Uh, and and if, you, if you was paying attention, you, you've seen them three things that I read across in the eighth verse. It, it talked about faith. It talked about love. And it talked about hope. So that's the three things I want to talk about this morning. Faith, hope, and love. The three things that, that God's people, if, if they apply that to our heart, uh, we're not going to have a hardened heart like, like Brother Ray talked about this morning in Sunday school uh, about uh, Esau, how, how scorned he, he became uh, when Jacob did what he did to him, uh, uh, cheating him out of his inheritance. Uh, because if you've got them three in your heart, uh, you can get by uh, times like that. Uh, and it tells us that we, we're in the times and seasons of, of everything that's going on in our life. Uh, so there is nothing that none of us are going to go through that each one of us is going to go through. And if that makes sense, let me say it as simple as this. We're all pretty much going to go through the same. So if you have uh, uh, faith, hope, and love in your heart, uh, Christ can get you through that. Now we know that it takes faith to, to believe in, in Christ Jesus and knowing that he went to the cross for our sins. We've got to believe that first and foremost. And then we've got to have the, uh, the hope that one day, that once this is all said and done, uh, we're going to be looking upon the face of Christ. Amen. Uh, and we're going to be uh, uh, given our reward in heaven uh, for our obedience here, here on earth. Uh, and then last but not least, uh, it's the love. love Love thy brother. There's nothing, nothing greater in the life of Jesus than the love that he had for the people. And it didn't matter who you was, whether you was a Jew or a Gentile or a heathen or whatever it was, Christ loved everybody. And there was no big eyes and little U's back in biblical days when, when Christ walked this earth. It was one thing and one thing only, and that was God's children. We were all made in his image. And that's the way Christ looked at it. And there was no greater than anybody that was him because he looked at us as all equals. All was equal. But the only difference between us and Christ is uh, he was a little bit perfect, if you know what I mean. And because he had the faith, hope, and love, that's what got him to that place in his life. He tells us that, that he would have us uh, really uh, not tell us of the seasons, but he needs to let us know that, listen, it's going to come like a thief in the night. And we don't know when it's going to happen to us. Uh, I think if, if you live up and down this road right here, and I think Mama can contest with this, and, and anybody else who's up down this road, uh, last weekend's had some visitors, if you would. Uh, uh, somebody or something, it may have been Carolyn, I don't know, uh, was going up and down this road knocking on people's front doors and back doors at night. Uh, and it just didn't happen to Mama. It happened to a lot of people. Uh, uh, Brother Terrell Whitaker down here and, and just everybody else up and down this road. Uh, and I got wind from it from somebody outside this church uh, uh, last Brother Tim Eagerbarger was asking me about it. I thought, I didn't know anything about it. She didn't say anything. But evidently, that's what that was going on. And I don't know if it's a, it's a rush that, 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 that whoever's doing it, it gets out of it. But, but one of these days, uh, they're going to make that mistake, and they're going to get more than a rush. 
Uh, we have some gun-toting people in this church, and, 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 and sometimes a, a little knock on the door is, uh, is not real good. And, and it, it, it's those that you don't think would shoot you, but let me tell you. And, and, and the comments made, well, do you know what you're doing? Hey, what's the two pulling the trigger? I mean, really, uh, you don't have to be no rocket scientist or, or, or a Christian theologian to be able to. to Mama was pointing at Kaylee. I don't want to know anything about that, honey. Uh, Kaylee went after him with a shotgun the other night. Uh, and I don't know if she was holding it the right where I praise you was. Just so you weren't looking down the hole in and you had the other end towards it, that's what you'll look at. But, but we just don't know what's going to happen in our lives. You know, and, and the Bible tells us, uh, the Apostle Paul's writing here about him coming as a thief in the night. Uh, but what we've got to be more certain of is what our night's like. If we can lay our heads down each and every night and, and knowing that our reward is forthcoming, whether we wake or not, you know, that's okay. Uh, God, God's got this. Uh, if, if some reason God takes me out when I go to sleep and I don't wake up the next day, I know where I'm at. Uh, you people know where I'm at. Uh, you know, I might not be here with you, but I'll be with you in the Spirit. Amen. Uh, and I know that, that I'm up here uh, looking in the midst of heaven and knowing that I'm in the presence of the Lord. Uh, and if it be God's will, uh, I'll be up there with my, with my brothers and sisters that I've known in the past. Uh, and if it's just the Spirit, Brother Clarence, that I'm with, praise be to God, I know that Spirit. So I, I'm, I'm okay with, with Him coming as a thief in the night but those that aren't okay with it it's those who aren't ready and we don't look at that too seriously but it tells us he tells us we have peace and safety in the third verse uh, that we all fall upon but sudden destruction cometh to them that that travail upon a woman with child in other words the pain that a woman has having bearing a child it's the same pain that they're going to go through if you leave this world lost and undone see the only objective that you need to do as, as a child of God in your lifetime, and it don't matter where it is, it could be up from the age of zero to wherever you pass this world, uh, you come to know Christ as your Lord and Savior. The only sin, you know that's the only sin we can't get forgiven of? Not accepting Christ our Lord and Savior? You know that sounds pretty plain, but man there's a lot of truth in that. The only sin that we can't get forgiven of is not accepting Him as our personal Lord and Savior in this lifetime. Because there's no going back. We can't get prayed into heaven. Our family can't pray us into heaven. What is done is done. And he tells us that there is no escape that we're going to get out of this. So before they're ready for this day is coming. If you're here today and don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, make plans today to make this right because we don't know uh, what what holds the store for us. We're not promised tomorrow. Brother Sean Whitaker, every time he preaches, the one thing he points out, every message that he preaches is that we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know if we're going to be here tomorrow or not. You need to make preparations today. Don't wait till tomorrow because it may be too late because uh, he tells us that, that if we don't get things right when, when we're here on earth, there's no getting right when we leave this earth but there's a reward for those who don't live in darkness you know the world today they they like darkness for some reason I don't get that I've always been afraid of the dark when I go hunting early in the morning it's been a time or two brother Dean my flashlight would go out it'd be dark as a dungeon out there and sort of wondering we just don't take another step you know people tells me if you're lost in the woods find a possum He'll lead you to a road somewhere sometime. If you'll follow that possum, he'll lead you to a road somewhere. Now, if you don't believe me, you drive up and down this road and you tell me how many possums you see on the road that's made it to there. If, you, if I can get to a road, Brother Ken, as far as I need to go, surely to God somebody will come by and knows me and pick me up. Surely. 
But those that live in darkness stays in darkness. And he can't find a way out. And I don't know why that is because Christ is our light. He gives us, he gives us a fixture to, 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 to fixate on knowing that if we'll just turn our eyes toward Jesus, oh, what a blessing it would be knowing that, that life he could give us and, and, and a life more abundantly that we can live. And he gives us that choice. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church here at Thessalonica, listen, do not be ye in darkness. You know what's right and what's wrong. I have preached to you and I have told you and I've showed you that I have lived in that darkness and I know what that darkness is like. And let me tell you something. You will see something darker and dark. You let somebody strike you down on the road somewhere and, and he blinds your eyes. Amen. And you don't see nothing except God in heaven and you see Christ come upon you knowing that ask you why thou prickest me that's darkness why do you prickest me why do you turn your back on me? Why do you persecute those that, that, that try to serve me and, and live their life through me? I'm not doing anything evil here. I'm trying to uplift those that, are, that has lost their way, knowing that my Father in heaven has sent me here on this earth for the propitiation of our sins. In other words, stand in for our sins, because without him, we are doomed. We are doomed. So faith, hope, and love plays a big part of our everyday life. If, if, we don't, if we don't have faith, we can't get out of bed in the morning. Just be tripping. We, if you make it out of bed, if you go to work, you're not going to make it to work. If you don't have faith, you're going to get there and back. Man, you are in bad shape. And then you've got to have the hope. It speaks of here, have the hope of salvation. Let me tell you something, church. You better not get in a situation where you're hoping for your salvation. You better have a no-so salvation if you've got anything. Because if you're hoping for your salvation, you're lost like a ball in high weeds. You ain't got a chance. If you're hoping that you're going to go to heaven, Brother Dean, you better fix that. Because your hope may be a disappointing thing one of these days. You better know that when your number comes up and you look at that old ticket, it better have that H on back. I showed you the other day and you're heaven bound because that H could stand for something else it could stand for hell and let's tell it like it is that's our reward one of these days if we're not saved by the marvelous grace of God yeah. something pretty simple that God's children can do for herself we talk about here this morning how, how those that has lost the desire to attend church anymore and I told Tony I said Tony you know there's nothing worse than a church hurt Really, I mean, I know everybody here this morning knows somebody that's been hurt in church in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And it seems like because of that reason, they can't get past it. Ma'am, oh, you've been down that road. You in junior. I don't have to tell you where at. You know where at. And you, along with other people, were, were in the same boat. That hurt can, can, can scar you, and it can never heal if you get hurt by a church. But see, there's hope for salvation. That if you put your trust and faith in Jesus, knowing that, listen, uh, there's a church on every corner nowadays. If you don't like the one you're going to, find you another. And somewhere along the way, uh, you're going to find a church that you like. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to serve you in a way that you love to be served. And allow you to be with God's people. It may not be these people, but it'll be God's people. Somebody that can be there for you in your time of need. Somebody when you're in the valley of your life and you reach up for, to grab somebody's hand, there's somebody there to grab 
Because you want to know something that's lonely? Reach up and grab somebody's hand. There's nobody there. Oh, let me tell you something. I've been to a lot of funerals in my lifetime, and those that has no hands to grab hold of in a time of the loss of a loved one, that is the saddest place you'll ever want to be. And let me tell you something. It is hard to preach a funeral of somebody like that that don't know Jesus. What do you say to them? You can't stand there, ma'am, and tell them the truth. Only thing you can tell them that there's a better way, and you don't have to leave this world lost and undone. If he just fixed it, well, he had time, but he didn't do it. How do you preach those funerals? You tell them about Jesus. That's all you can do. Tell them about Jesus. And knowing that those that's left behind, no matter who it is, has got hope. And that hope is hope for salvation. And hope that one day that, that, will, that would entice you enough to kinder your spirit, if you would, that would change your life. The hardest thing for mankind to do is to love one another. Now, you may like one another, but the commandment tells you simply this. Love your brothers. You love yourself. And we don't, we don't do that. We don't love our neighbors. We, 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 some, there's something always going on in our lives. If we can just soften our hearts and, 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 and submit ourselves to Christ Jesus and all that he does for us, he can give us that love inside, you know, the same love that Christ had for all of us. You know, and that, and that wasn't nothing bad about that. I remember when Peter cut that, that Roman soldier's off, ear off in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane when he come to, to apprehend Jesus. Uh, uh, man, he didn't, he didn't get mad at him. What did he do, Brother Dean? He picked up his ear and he put it back on him. And he healed that man. Because, listen, that was his brother. Yeah, grant you, his brother wasn't doing what people were doing, but he was doing what he was supposed to be doing. And Christ knew that. You know, if God deals with all of us before, I guess we see the light, I guess, before we, get, before we come out of darkness, if Christ dealt with us while we was in darkness, we'd be in a bad place right now. I would be anyway. I would. Now, I wasn't lost and undone, but I wasn't serving Jesus. I wouldn't live my life for the Lord, and that's just the way it is. Am I ashamed of that? Yes, I am ashamed of that, but he's fixed it, and he can fix anything in your life if you just submit yourself. If there's things going on in your life that you wish could change, well, I've got news for you. Change it for them. Amen? Go to the Lord in prayer and tell him what's on your heart. Tell him what's going on. If you have a loved one that's not in church or a loved one that's lost and undone, you should have that feeling for them that there is a way that that can be fixed if they'll just submit yourself in the eyes of the Lord. But sometimes it takes that little nudge. Sometimes. I, I've told a story about my dad getting out of church years ago because he sort of got that church hurt I was talking about earlier, my mom. But dad's seen his later days that this is a place to be. Yes, there was a bunch of misfits without a doubt. Oh, Lord, they was God's misfits. <laughs> Let me tell you, they were nothing perfect about anybody that was here except the one they were worshiping. Amen. There ain't nobody perfect here this morning, church. I need you to know that. Don't look around and amongst you and see who's perfect because you're going to see nothing but darkness. But if you'll look and fix them eyes toward heaven, you'll get a little vision of what perfectness is all about. Amen. And he tells us that if we'll just look toward heaven, when that thief comes in the night, praise be unto God, you'll know where you're going. Because when that thief steals you, you don't know. He tells us in the, in the sixth verse, he says, I mean seventh verse, he says, 
For they that sleep in the night and they that drunk in the night are in the night. In other words, those who live their lives in darkness, it's exactly where they are. They're in darkness. There's not a little bit of light or a little flicker of a light. It's darkness. And, you know, there's, I guess the, you know, if you're saved, you're saved. There's no in-between. It's sort of like being a little bit pregnant. There ain't no such a thing. If you've been saved by the marvelous grace of God, you know it. You know it because, uh, and there's no question in your life. When somebody asks you if you've been saved, you don't hesitate when you answer that. Yes, I've been saved. You better know I was saved. I was saved as a young boy at about nine years old, but I fixed it about 20 years ago. I got my right life where I needed to be, and I made sure that all my T's was crossed and my I's was dotted because one of these days I'm going to get on that train, and when I get on that train, I'm going to heaven. And when I'm going to heaven, praise being to Jesus I look forward to that destination when I get there just like we all should be we should be looking forward to that destination when we get to heaven because let me tell you something no matter where you go in your life nowhere in your life is going to add up to that trip when you go to heaven what a blessing it's going to be for all of us that love the Lord. And, and, and we need to pray earnestly and fervently for those that don't know Christ as our Lord and Savior. If you, if you have a spouse that's, that's unsure, or you have a mom or a dad that's unsure, or a brother or sister that's unsure, tell them like it is. Tell them how you, how you get these things. You get it through faith, you get it through hope, and you get it through love. The three ingredients it takes to get to heaven above. Amen. It's just like when you're baking a cake some of you bakers that's in the church, you know what ingredients it takes to make a cake. Some better than others, some less than others. But either way, you know what goes in a cake before you bake it. And for it to come out just right, you've got to put the perfect amount of everything in that cake. See, it's simple. Faith, hope, and love. The three things that, that Christ asks of his people that we do in our lives. He says, he says, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. The hope of salvation. He says, for God hath not appointed us to wrath, and he's not. He has not appointed us to go out and do evil against our brothers. Let me tell you something. There's enough evil in this world besides these church people, God's children going out and doing evil themselves. There's enough evil that's in our land today that can stand up and fend for itself. If I'm going to go out and do something, I'm going to go out and tell them about Jesus. Amen. I'm going to tell them about the things that they're doing wrong. We're in the midst of time now where the Supreme Court is looking at abortions one more time. And I don't know if we're going to win this fight or not. Most likely not. But let me tell you something. There's somebody in heaven that's going to make that right one of these days. He's going to judge you because we're going to stand before him one day on judgment day. Whether you want to or not, you're appointed that day just like a thief in the night. Because when he grabs you, you're going to stand before God in heaven. Because it ain't Jesus' duty to, to judge his, God's children. It's God's duty to judge us. And he will one day. He will one day. We better get ready for it. If you're not ready for nothing else, you better get ready for judgment day because it's a coming. He said, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Should live together with him. The Apostle Paul Church is writing us this letter to you and I. We should live together, not just with him, but through him. Because if we live through him, 
we'll live for him. Without a doubt. He said, wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. And he also says in the 12th verse, and Chris, keep me on down there if you would. He said, we beseech you, brethren, to know that which labor among you. And we beseech you, brethren, to who them which labor among you are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Those who labor for the Lord. That's us. Those who talk to somebody about Jesus. Ask you and are concerned enough if you've been saved. Because if we do as the world does, they're not going to ask you. They're not going to care. Uh, I can remember back when, when mom was going to church here by herself. Uh, I know her biggest thing on her prior life was that, that her husband would get in church. I know that. And then after that, literally later on, uh, my brother and I was fell in that same prayer that we'd get in church. And I know there's nobody prayed no harder than my mom. But one day it came true for my dad. He found his way back to church. And then a few years later, it came true for her son. He found his way back in church. So see, God, see church, God answers prayers. It may not be on our time. We know that, that sometimes we get a little bit impatient. You know, the uh, Bible tells us uh, patience is a virtue, and that's a, one, one of the things as God's children we have trouble dealing with is patience. We don't have them, Carolyn. I'll just be honest with you. Uh, me, Lester, probably anybody in here. Patience is a very fine line that, that you, you want to cross over, if you know what I mean. But if we can practice patience, Lord, how better our lives would be. He says, and to esteem them very highly in love for the work's sake. Listen, Christ is going to love you. The third ingredient of getting to know Jesus is that love that, that he wants you to do for his work. For his work. That's all he asks from you. Love one another. Love your enemies. How do you do that? Love him. It don't mean you have to go up there and throw your hands or arms around his neck and give him a big sugar, but love him. Love him from your heart. Be careful for him. No, it's just like when somebody's on the interstate or on a road broke down. Have that confidence to know that you can help somebody in their time of need. And if you can love somebody for no reason whatsoever, God will bless you for that. And if you're looking for a blessing in your life, start earning your blessings. Amen. Start doing the things that Christ is going to bless us for because they're out there. All we got to do is look for them. You look for them. He says, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are truly comforted and feeble-minded. Support the weak. You know, there's those who attend church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, even go to a Bible study once a week that may not make it to heaven because they don't know their hope of their salvation. They're not sure. They're weak in what they do. They're not confident in where they're going to end up after this old world is done with them. When's that going to be? Or is that thief thing again? He comes as in the night. He says, See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and all men. Listen, there's enough evil in this world without us doing any evil. If you want some evil, just go outside these doors. You'll find all you want. But don't search for it. Try to cure it. Try to fix it. There's a way if you'll search. Paul writes, to rejoice evermore. 
And he tells us in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, and rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the name of the Lord. Be happy that we're his children because it could be worse. Pray without ceasing. Pray without stopping. It don't mean you've got to get on your hands and knees and, and be like Daniel's knees, as is like a camel's knees where we, we stayed out all the time praying. He ain't asking you to do that. But he wants you to continuously pray for your brother or your sister that's in church or, or that's not in church. Pray for them because if you'll do that, he'll answer prayers one day. He'll, he'll, he'll beat you halfway if you'll go halfway. Amen? Pray without ceasing. Because if you do that, he'll bless us in our time of need. And in, and in everything, give thanks. Everything that goes on in your life, thank him for it. Thank him for opening your eyes this morning. Thank you for allowing you to be here. Thank you for what you're going to do after service this morning, uh, whatever it may be, spending time with family. But whatever you do, thank him for it. Thank him for your mom and dad. Thank him for your mama. That's to tell you, us mama and papas, we're pretty special people now, I'm telling you. I've got it firsthand, I know. Amen, Tony. I ought to get amen from somebody. Papas in this church, we ought to be amen in that. We're special. <coughs> we need to be thankful for that and thanking him for, for allowing us to still be part of the lives because one day we're going to leave this old world and we're not going to be with you no more. Give thanks for this is the will of Christ Jesus concerning you the will of God in Christ Jesus God sent his son for us that was his will and was it a hard sin most definitely I'm sure it was I'm sure when Jesus was begging to him in the garden of Gethsemane it was hard not only was it hard on Jesus but it was hard on God in heaven knowing that he'd have to turn his back on him but assuring him that I'll be there for you in the end. And that he was. He made good on his promise that he would be the savior of our nation. Our nation, our entire nation, our world at hand. He is our Lord and Savior. I made mention earlier this morning about when Chris and I go to the Philippines. Uh, uh, It's a different, different picture down there than it is here. Oh, I'm telling you, they, they worship Christ like we need to be worshiping Christ, like he's some sort of idol. They love the Lord, and they put their trust and faith in him. We still trust him, and we still have faith in him, but not like it used to be. Church, turn this around. If you don't do nothing else this, this Christmas season, turn this around, because if we don't turn it around, there's no turning it around. It's going to get out of our hands. And you say, well, that's never going to happen. Well, I'm sure our mama and papas would have never believed that, that praying in school would ever come to an end. And now if you mention his name, you get expelled or get sent to the office or whatever it is they do to you these days. What's the next generation going to look like? You think, well, it's not, it's not going to get that bad. Yeah. Let me know how it works out for you when you get to heaven because it's going to get that bad. If the world has its way, it's out for revenge. And what's that revenge? They want to take over this world. There's too many people still today 
following Christ. And what was uh, Saul of Tarsus, uh, uh, what was his main objective? Was to persecute and crucify the Christians that followed Jesus because they didn't like it. And they didn't want no part of it. God showed you what he did to him, didn't he? Made him a true apostle. And he would write several books that made it to our Holy Scripture. Some didn't make it, but most of them did. And I just wonder what the Apostle Paul was thinking when he was in them dungeons where it was dark. The very thing that he was preaching to the church about, how he wrote in darkness. How do you think he wrote in darkness? Have you ever tried to write in the darkness? Have you ever tried to shut your eyes and write? Yet Paul penned the most important words in Scripture. Faith, hope, and love for one another. Ma'am, if you would, come to the piano. Let's get a song of invitation. This morning we recognize the Lord's Supper. This is the first Sunday of this quarter. Like I said, tonight is business meeting, but we do want to recognize the remembrance of Christ when he was with his disciples. You know, when, when they were in the upper room uh, and when, when Christ was meeting with all of them and they was there having dinner, Christ knew that that was beginning of the end right there for them, not for him. See, he would complete his journey, but still had a lot to do. And it was simply this. Have something for God's creation to turn to in their time of need valley or, or on the mountain or wherever it's going on in your life, the loss of a loved one or whatever it may be that you have someone to turn to because like I said earlier, when you reach up and grab that hand, there's nobody there to grab. It's one of the hardest things to go through. Thank God for my church family because I know if I reach out that hand's going to be there. And I know that. And no matter the, the, the bad things that you've done in your life don't mean nothing. Listen, Christ has forgiven us for our sins. Listen, he shed his blood for that very reason that we can be forgiven. He don't ask nothing of us that, except that we confess Christ Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. Are you here today and do you need to come pray before, before we dismiss and, and get into get into the Lord's Supper. There may be things going on in your life that you need to pray about this morning. Uh, listen, this is the hardest time of year for a lot of people. Uh, those who's lost loved ones during this time of year can be the hardest. The hardest. I thought about Hazel here Sunday night knowing that they've just went through Thanksgiving without Brother Russell. Now they're getting ready to go through Christmas without Russell. But you know their assurance is this. They know where Russell's at. <laughs> that old devil's up there. He's telling stories. That, oh, he's, he is putting smiles on a lot of faces today. If that's what heaven's like, he's doing that. And if his spirit's doing that, praise God, his spirit's doing that. But either way, we know where he is. He's in the midst of, of Christ himself. Do you need to come pray this morning? Uh, as as Mamma plays here a little bit. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord Father, we...
want to thank you so much for, for the day and all that you've given us. We thank you, Lord, for, for all that's been done here today to give you the praise, honor, and glory that you so rightly deserve. Uh, Father, we ask you each and every day for, and thank you for our blessings that we receive. Uh, but the biggest blessing of all, we thank you for the sending of your Son to the cross that I could be forgiven of my sins, knowing that I fall short daily of your glory. We are always forgiven. Lord, touch the hearts of those who, who need to get closer to you because if they'll do that, their life will be so much better. Give them the discernment of good and evil and right and wrong that they know that if they live their life through you, we have a great reward waiting. Thank you so much for all that's, that's here this morning. We thank each and every one that's, that's come. And now we're going to go into the Lord's Supper to give you thanks for that very special time you spent with your disciples. In Jesus' name I pray, and amen. amen.